the Lord for that truth that he came to die in our place that we could have eternal life. I want you to take your Bibles and I want you to open your Bibles again to the maps. All right? All right. I want you to go to the last map that's in the back of your Bible. I'm going to show you a picture. Picture's worth a thousand words. I'm going to preach an hour, but 30 minutes of it's going to be just looking at a picture, all right? You should have a map, and it's usually the last one or the next to the last one, the journeys of Paul the Apostle or something like that. Now, it could be next to the last one because sometimes a map uh, will show uh, the days of Christ. Uh, how many of you have found a map that talk about the journeys of Paul? Raise your hand, please. All right, some of you are looking. Uh, Kentucky is nowhere on that map if you're looking for where you are this morning. But I want you to see uh, this map. On the top right, on the top right, you'll see something like the Black Sea. All the way on the bottom right, just there on the edge of the water, you'll see Jerusalem. You'll see Jerusalem. If you go north, just on the land, just inside the water, you'll see Antioch. That, that massive land there in the middle is what's referred to as Asia Minor. It's not the Asia that we know of today. It's modern-day Turkey, uh, but that's Asia. I want you to notice that. And then right in the middle of the page will be the Aegean Sea. And uh, you'll see in the middle there are three land masses. The largest one's over on the right. That's Asia Minor. Uh, right in the middle, uh, you'll see uh, Macedonia and other towns of that area. And then over on the left, you'll see Rome or Italy. That's all the way on the left. Now, if you can, uh, notice Asia there in the middle. And then to on the edge of Asia there, uh, you'll see towns like Troas. Uh, you'll see in bigger letters perhaps the name Mysia. And then just above that, just below the Black Sea, you'll see Bithynia. Bithynia. How many of you saw most of those that I pointed out? All right. I'm going to preach this morning on this subject. The improvised may be better than the planned. The improvised may be better than the planned. I'll explain while we looked at the map here in just a moment. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd bless the preaching of your word. My, how my heart has been blessed just by the fellowship of God's people, the singing of praise to you. And that's what my heart and our hearts desired was to praise the God that's been so mighty good to us. Now as we come to the preaching of your word, I pray that our attention would be given on purpose as the message is delivered. And may it be a help, may it be a blessing to each one this morning. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. In Acts chapter 16, the gospel was being received well. Verse number 5, the Bible says, And so were the churches established in the faith and increased in number daily. Verse number 6, the Bible said, Now when they had gone throughout Phrygia and the region of Galatia and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach in Asia. Now they'd already been preaching there and Paul's plan was to continue, it seems, to make yet another circle in Asia, go back down to Antioch, the church that he was sent from and report to them 
But the Holy Spirit said, no, I don't want you to preach in Asia. And I don't want you to do that. Notice what the Bible says. And they passing by Mysia came down to Troas. Then the Bible says, And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia. Now that's across the water. Okay, We saw that. Uh, there was a man that, that prayed in this vision. Now God doesn't speak to us in visions now. He speaks to us through the word of God. And this day he spoke in visions. And of course Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, gave us uh, these uh, many of the books that are in the Bible, 13 of them. And this man in Macedonia said, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, we endeavored immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the word unto them. Now, let me see if I can uh, uh, summarize these verses. God had blessed the work of preaching the gospel and winning souls. People were being saved and the churches were growing. Paul said, we're going to go into Asia and we're going to preached the word of God and it made sense because there were many, many people that had not yet heard and received the gospel. Paul's plan was a good plan. But God said, I don't want you to go to Asia. He said, all right, we will go then south and take the gospel here. And then uh, and he said, no, I don't want you to go there. He said, well, we'll go up to Bithynia. That's in the northern part of Asia. He said, no, I don't want you to go there. And then in a vision, Paul saw a man from Macedonia. Now Macedonia uh, was a poorer, simple people, not like uh, the Jews that they had worked to reach with the gospel in Asia. And eventually, now if you listen to me on purpose, I'll help you in just a moment. Uh, and, and, and then eventually the Gentiles would receive the gospel. But this plan really didn't make sense because there's a body of water. They'd never done it this way before. They had just gone where the gospel was easy to give. And then he saw the Macedonian vision. But how's he going to get over there? There's water between us and them. But Paul said, that's what God wants us to do. Then that's what we're going to do. And so immediately, Paul set out to do the will of God. Now, if you were to ask Paul in Troas, Paul, where are you going? Uh, next, uh, Paul may have said, I, I, I don't know. I'd planned to go east, but God said no. I thought about going west, and the Holy Spirit said no. I thought about going north. The Holy Spirit said no, there's no place for me to go except west, and there's nothing west but water, except way over across the water in Macedonia. And it may have been at that point, many Christians would have been discouraged because their plan. A plan in the will of God. A good plan. A right plan. A plan intended to bring more people to Christ. It didn't work. Many Christians would have said, I quit. Paul said, I'm not going to quit. I'm going to do the will of God. 
I know he wants people to be saved. So Paul, he kept yielding to the will of God. He continued to go. And of course, the rest is history. Paul did deliver the gospel in Macedonia. And those poor Christians, not only those poor people, not only became Christians, they became an example of great faith to the Christian world and even to us today. What a blessing that Paul wouldn't quit. Now, let me make a quick application to us and then I'll give you an illustration for the message today. Sometimes we make a plan that seems to be the will of God. We're convinced of that. I think of the words often of Samuel when Eliab, the son of Jesse, stood before him and he said, surely the Lord's anointed is before me. God said, no, that's not him, Samuel. You're looking on the outward part. I'm looking on the heart. And I'm glad Samuel didn't say, well, if you don't agree with me, then get you another prophet. He didn't do that. He kept going. He said, Lord, whatever you want. And of course, you know, the story David was then revealed. The most unlikely, the shepherd boy became the king. Sometimes we make a plan that seems to be the will of God. A plan yielded to the will of God. A plan that makes sense. A plan that is the best plan according to our knowledge. A plan that's followed counsel and advice. But it won't work. It's just not working out. And you may say, as I've had, I believe, three different people say to me this week, Preacher, I am at wit's end. This is going to help you today. Perhaps you made a business decision. You thought it was the will of God. You thought it was the best right thing to do. It didn't work out. Maybe you made an education choice. Or maybe it was even marriage. You believed it was the will of God. Maybe it was a choice of work. Maybe it's a work in ministry. And for some reason, things have not gone as planned. Things have not worked out for various reasons. Sometimes it is someone let you down that you depended on. Sometimes it's a change in circumstance. Sometimes it's personal sin. Can we just go ahead and accept the fact that sometimes we mess up because we sin against God? Sometimes it's not somebody else's fault. Until we're willing to accept responsibility and blame, oftentimes we'll never move forward in the will of God. Sometimes it's just a bad decision on our part. Nevertheless, life is not going well or there's some problems. And just as Paul, who wanted to do right, who desired to do right, but nothing was working out for Paul, and the only open door he saw, there was a body of water between him and Macedonia. But Paul didn't quit. He kept going, and the improvised plan ended up being better than Paul's first plan. Now let me give you a simple illustration, a football illustration, all right? Roger Staubach was named or nicknamed Roger the Dodger. Now folks my age and older remember Roger Staubach. Not that I'm old or anything, but I tell a great joke, you don't laugh, I'm serious, and boy, you just hurt my feelings. Staubach attended the United States Naval Academy and he won the Heisman Trophy in 1963. He served in the Navy. In fact, he, that included a tour of duty in Vietnam. 
And Staubach played for the Dallas Cowboys all 11 seasons of his career. Tom Landry was his coach for 11 years. He led the team to Super Bowl five times, four as a starting quarterback. He led the Cowboys to victories in Super Bowl VI and Super Bowl number 12. There were two things that Landry said made Staubach the great quarterback that he was. Two things made him a Hall of Famer. Number one, his ability to carry out the play the coach had drawn up. He was always willing to do what the coach said. He was always willing to do, no matter what, he would do what the coach said. But he said the second thing that made him great was his ability to improvise if the play failed. If the play broke down, he had the ability to see other options or, as the coach said, he just wouldn't stop. He would either keep running or find someone else to throw the ball to, thus earning the title Roger the Dodger. Now, there were other fellows that were Dodgers, but they were draft Dodgers, and they were not heroes at all, and that's not what he was. That wasn't in the sermon. The Holy Spirit just helped me put that in there this morning. Oftentimes, the improvised play had more production than the planned play. And the thing that made that possible was the fact, according to the, according to the coach, Roger wouldn't stop until you stopped him. You know what happens to Paul in Acts chapter 16? He has a good play. He has a good plan. It's for the will of God. He desires to win more people to Christ. He desires to do the will of God. But God said, no, you can't go that way. He turns to the south. No, you can't go that way. He turns to the north. He said, no, you can't go that way. He doesn't quit. He will not quit. So he decides, I'll go the only way that's open to go, the only way that's available to go. And thus, thus the gospel came to the western world, and it came to you and me, because Paul wouldn't quit when his plans didn't work. He wouldn't stop serving God because his plans wouldn't work. Take your Bibles and go with me to the book of Proverbs. This is a passage, if it is not marked, it ought to be marked in your Bibles today. And you ought to bookmark it and read it to the place that you memorize it. It'll be a great two verses to help guide you in the coming new year. Proverbs 3, verse number 5, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Now that means if your plan works, if it don't work, you're still trusting God. That means if things are going well, you're trusting God. If it's not going well, you're still trusting God. Amen? Amen. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. Verse number 6, In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Do you know sometimes the improvised plan works better than the plan? You may have planned in some way to serve God, and that plan didn't work. There are many when their plan didn't work, they just gave up on God. They gave up on church. They gave up on life, and life is passing them by. 
And there may come a day they wake up and realize that they've wasted months and years of their lives. Others, when their plan didn't work, rather than quitting, rather than dropping out of church, rather than stopping to read, stop reading the Word of God, they kept trusting in God and said, while I don't understand it, I'm going to keep trusting Him. While I can't figure it out, I'm going to keep trusting Him. While this door is not open, I expect it to be opened, I'm going to keep trusting Him. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding, in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. The path may not be the path that you planned. In fact, the improvised plan may be better than what we had planned. You know, one of the pen companies, ink pen companies in the world is the Waterman Ink Pen Company. You know where the Waterman Ink Pen Company came from? Came from an insurance salesman who was selling an insurance policy, but the fellow, when he was signing the policy, the pen wouldn't write. It was a big policy. And so later, when he got a pen that would work, the guy said, no, 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 I believe that's a sign. I don't need to buy that policy. He said, that'll never happen to me again. So he developed in the 1800s an ink pen that would always write. He made more money selling ink pens than he did insurance. You know why? They wouldn't stop. Sometimes it was a family failure, and it would have been best to have a good family that stayed together for many years, but hardship pushed them in their life to do what they would not have done, and the hardship and the failure brought them to an improvised plan, and the improvised plan turned out better than the original plan. You know, Nehemiah was doing pretty good as a cupbearer to the king. I mean, he had to live in Babylon. He might as well do the best he could, and he did, and he took a job as cupbearer to the king. He was doing good. But then he got a report that things were not good in Jerusalem. The people were approached to God, and they, they, they were shameful. They were a reproach, and folks mocked them and made fun of them. And Nehemiah left what his plan was, maybe the best plan to provide for his family, maybe the best plan to provide for his wife. But as God opened a door of service, he followed that door of service. And you know what Nehemiah did in helping to rebuild the walls around Jerusalem and rather than one life being successful, an entire town, an entire city, the city of God, is brought back to life again. You may be at a place in your life today that you would say, Preacher, I'm at wit's end. I don't know which way to turn. I'll tell you the first way to turn, and that is trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. Don't try to figure it out. Just keep trusting God. Keep on praying. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. There is no place in the Bible where the Bible says David was to be a great warrior and a champion. David was a shepherd. David worked for his father. He was tending to his father's sheep. One day, his father said to him, David, I want you to take this food to your brothers that are at war, and I want you to bring back a report of how things are, uh, how things are going. But when David got down there, he heard a big man, the biggest man he had ever seen, a giant 
lion of a man cursing the God of heaven and making fun of the armies of Israel. And David said, is there not a cause? David didn't wake up one morning and say, I'm going to kill a giant. David didn't say, I'm going to be a warrior and a soldier. He was a shepherd. He was doing what God wanted him to do in obedience to his father. But there was an opportunity for David. And David took a stand for God. He didn't measure God by his circumstances. He measured his circumstances by the size of God. And while his brothers were hidden in the caves, afraid of Goliath, David, with God in his heart and mind, he took Goliath's life. Boy, they wrote songs about David. Saul is slain as thousands, but David is ten thousands. Sometimes the improvised plan better than the best plan. And so what I'd say for us, the best thing for us to do is just keep going in life. Just keep trusting in God. There's no place to quit. There's no place to give up. There's no place to turn back. We ought to decide, I'm just going to keep moving forward. By the way, you may be here today and look back over the year and you may be disappointed in yourself that, that, that you didn't accomplish what you wanted to accomplish. I would say to each of you, if you're still in the battle, you ought to thank God that you're still in the battle. I think all of us can look at areas of our life and there may be some areas that we say, I didn't reach my goal there. I didn't reach my goal there. But I'll tell you what, I haven't quit. I'm still in the battle. And you may find that the improvised plan is better than the plan that you had all along. Paul's missionary life and work was going well. God was blessing it and it was prospering. And as he made his plans to go, God said, no, don't go that direction or that direction or that direction. I want you to go over here. Paul never had the thought he never had the idea of going over to Macedonia. But we have the gospel today because of the improvised plan of Paul. You know, it is best if every child is reared in a godly home with a Christian dad and a Christian mom. But we understand in this life sometimes that does not happen. But I want to say to you, teenager, don't quit. Trust God for what you see as an hindrance may be the very thing that will give you the character to become a success in life and in the will of God. It is best if every marriage lasted for a lifetime. Sometimes it does not happen. Don't stop serving God. Don't give up giving what you have. You may be surprised in what God would do with you and for you in an improvised plan that turned out better than your plan. It's best if a person grows up in church and never goes into sin. However, uh, there are those who have allowed the devil to allure them into temptation and sin and they've gone out and, and a part of your life is gone and wrecked. But I want to say to you, don't quit. Keep on running. Keep on serving God. Just say, I can't bring back yesterday, but I don't have to destroy tomorrow. And the failures I've made in the past, I'll make a success out of them. I'll learn from those mistakes. You know, I read the story a, a few days ago of a man that, that, that had done well in business and he had earned, and this is back in the 60s, that he had earned his net worth was $3 million dollars. But, but he made some business decisions that were bad and he lost all of it. He heard a preacher preach. And, uh, he, he, and he preached a sermon how that we can learn from our failures to become a success. So he said, I wrote down the reasons what caused me 
to lose the $3 million I had learned. I had lost my net worth. I had nothing. He said, I, I wrote down the things that caused me to lose that. He presented those to a, to a, a man that was in financial services. He gave uh, lectures on how folks uh, uh, should invest their money. And, and when the fellow gave him that list, he said, you, you ought to come and speak to my group. And uh, that, that testimony would be a help to them. And uh, that will keep them from wasting their money and making those mistakes. So he did. Another financial investor was there. He said, why don't you come and speak to my group? I'll, I'll pay you if you'll come speak to my group. This is a true story. He earned more than $3 million making a speech on how he lost the $3 million than what he had before. You know why? He didn't go sit out on the sideline, throw the towel down and sit there and cry and suck his thumb waiting for Jesus to come. He said, I've got to keep going. I've got to keep moving. And I don't care where you are in life. If you're alive, God has a will for your life. If you're alive, God has a plan for your life today. Don't give up on God. Don't give up on the will of God. Can I tell you today, Paul's plan to go to Macedonia was not his plan. It was an improvised plan. Paul never said, i tell you what I'd like to do. I'd like to go over here and reach the Gentiles. I'd like to go over here and reach a group of people who never heard the gospel. Uh, the Jews are hearing the gospel. I'd like to go over here and maybe one day the gospel will, will, will continue to go westward. Paul never had that plan. Paul's plan was to stay in Asia and to stay in that circle. God pushed him out of that circle. God pushed him out of that and pushed him out of where he was comfortable. And his improvised plan was better than his plan. You know, as I look back in life, in a lot of ways, I could say it would have been better for our family had our father not died at age of 40 and my mother a widow at age 39. In many ways, I look back and I would say, you know, it would have been better if my dad would have lived to be a grandfather and a great-grandfather. Well, that wasn't God's plan. I'm not going to live life angry at God. I want to keep moving forward. I want to trust in the Lord with all, uh, with all of my heart. I don't want to lean to my understanding in all my ways. I want to acknowledge him and let him direct my path. And I tell you what I desire to do. I desire to win as many people as I can to Christ and for the cause of Christ. That may not be the best plan, but God's plan, God's plan is always the best plan. Let me give you these four statements. A closed door is not the end it can be the introduction to a new way. A closed door is not the end. Don't quit. You say, well, I don't know what to do. Well, pray. That is something. That is something. Do you know this building right here was never a part of our plan? It wasn't a part of our plan. Our plan was to build this building out front that was going to cost about $5 million. I was frustrated at an engineer, kept asking questions. We'd answer his questions, he'd come up with 10 more. And I, I, I was frustrated at him. And he kept delaying and delaying and delaying. I got a call that the University of Kentucky was taking this building down, wanted to know if we wanted to purchase the building. And they, and they gave us a price of taking down, putting it back up for $550,000. I mean, that, that, that's the steel and the, and the concrete. 
we, we got in this building for $1.2 million totally furnished and the lights turned on. Now this is, this is a little over 20,000 20, square foot building. This building appraises for all, uh, over two and a quarter million dollars. The price on the steel package for that building out front was $1.2 million. We got the updated price for the steel for this building this past thir uh, Thursday. It's $625,000. Price of steel has gone down. We made some structural changes. We took some of the square footage out of that that would be in this building. You know what? The improvised plan has been a whole lot better than the, than the first plan. I never planned to do it wrong. I planned to do the will of God. I'm saying today, don't quit on God because the door is closed. Keep on praying. Keep on going. Keep, keep on working. One closed door is introduction to a new way. Second of all, and I've said this, the whole message, the improvised way may be better than the first way. Number three, don't miss this. Now, always seek to follow God's plan first. Don't look for the improvised way. Seek for God's will first. Always seek for God's will first. Roger Stallback was a great quarterback because he did what the coach said. He always did what the coach said first. If the play broke down, he didn't stop and say, didn't work, coach. Didn't do that. He'd run. They'd try to catch him in football, and, and it's evolved. It's different today than it was then. He didn't stay in the pocket until they sacked him. He, he started running. They started calling him, that's Roger the Dodger. You can't catch him. He's not supposed to be a running back, but, but, but you can't catch him. He won't quit. That's how he won two Super Bowls. Most folks who are a success in life are a success not because all of their plans worked. It's because they wouldn't quit. And I say last of all, the person who never quits is the only person that learns from both the best way and the improvised way. It's interesting to me as I read Acts chapter 16. That's a good plan, Paul. That's a plan bathed in prayer, Paul. I say amen to that plan, Paul. We'll take a vote. We agree in the church that's what you ought to do. And the Holy Spirit steps up and said, no, you're not going that way. Paul said, okay, I'll go south. No. I'll go north. No. There's no way to go west. There's water there. I'll make a way. And God provided a way. And you and I received the gospel because not of Paul's first plan, but because Paul wouldn't quit. Let's decide this year as we close out this year and we go into the new year, when things don't work, we won't quit. When we get knocked down, we won't stay down. We're going to get up. We're going to keep doing the will of God to the best of our ability. Stand with me this morning. Heavenly Father, I pray for those this morning who feel like life is at wit's end. It isn't, Lord. It isn't. I pray that today they would make the decision I'll keep trusting in the Lord. I'll not lean to my understanding. I'll acknowledge him and let him direct my path. I pray, Lord, that you would help us. Help us today. Not to live in discouragement because our plan wouldn't work, but just keep moving forward in your will. Heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. If you're here today, 
you've never trusted Christ as your personal Savior, today ought to be the day that you trust Christ. Put your faith and trust in Him. Then if you're a Christian, you never followed the Lord in believer's baptism. You prayed the sinner's prayer, but you've never followed the Lord in believer's baptism. You ought to be baptized in obedience to His command this morning. You hear this morning, you're a Christian. You're discouraged in life. I want to encourage you today. Please don't quit. Please don't stop serving God. Perhaps you need to find a place at this altar and say, Lord, give me the strength to keep moving forward. Heavenly Father, bless your invitation, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.